Welcome to the Jordan Eckes Sermon Podcast. We hope it brings you great encouragement. Uh, I've uh, been looking at the book of Matthew for the last several weeks, kind of getting ready for Easter and thinking about, okay, how are we going to handle this? We're hopping into uh, this gospel that's, uh, you know, right around Easter, and so how do we kind of tackle this? And so I've broken it down to on the mountains with Jesus. In the gospel of Matthew, on several different occasions, Jesus ascends a mountain and brings his disciples along with them and he, he teaches them or he does something important on mountaintops in the book of Matthew. And so I thought, okay, we have five weeks in Matthew, and there's seven mountaintops, and so I think there might be a sermon series there. So I'm inviting you to join Jesus on the mountaintop. And this week we're going to join Jesus on the mountain of prayer. And this is all sort of to set up for us what is in front of us over the next uh, several weeks. And so today is on the mountain of, uh, with Jesus in prayer. On Friday, we're going to join Jesus on the mountain of Golgotha. And then on Sunday, Easter Sunday, we're going to join Jesus uh, in, on the mountain of transformation. I don't have the right word yet. I'm still working on it. Easter sermon, you get yourself all psyched out. I always get writer's block for the Easter sermon, you know. I can write all the time, but Easter week, I put a little extra pressure on myself, and so I don't have it nailed down yet, but we're going to look at Jesus' transformation, Jesus' inauguration into the kingdom of God, his commissioning of us, and we're going to celebrate the resurrected Lord uh, next week. And then we're going to, from there, we're going to look at the mountain of temptation, the mountain of teaching, and the mountain of transfiguration. And you guys are going to be like, Woo, we had a workout and we went up the mountain with Jesus a whole bunch. So I hope that it's an encouraging series for you as you think about joining Jesus ascending the mountain. And here's the, here's the hook. Here's the most important thing as you think about what's going on. We've just left the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, who ascends the mountain? Moses. Who gets to go with him? Nobody. You touch the mountain you're over, you're done. But Jesus ascends the mountain, and who does he invite with him? But those who are following him, and they are invited to belong and be present with God. And here's your encouragement today. Jesus invites you to be with him, to learn with him, to be transformed by him, to be renewed by him, to draw near to God. And so as we walk through the book of Matthew, As we join Jesus ascending the mountain, may we be transformed and renewed. May we be encouraged to know that God is present, that God is calling you to him, that you have life in him. Let's pray. God, thank you for where we've been in studying the book of Exodus. Thank you for the lessons learned and the reminders and encouragements that remind us of your incredible faithfulness and power. And may we read from Exodus and see what you're doing in the book of Matthew to redeem, to restore, to call, to join with us, to draw us near to you through your son, Jesus Christ. And so as we figuratively ascend the mountain with Christ, 
may you descend and come upon us and draw near to us. May we see you, may we know you, may we be transformed by you. In the days to come and in the week ahead and in these precious moments of studying your word, may we be aware of your faithfulness and your kindness to us. May we see you in the story today. And may we see you in the story of our lives. Continue to work in our hearts, God. May we be transformed and renewed in the image of Christ. Thank you, Lord. And we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we uh, kind of leave the book of Exodus, there are several encouragements and reminders that I'll draw from uh, from that previous series uh, in this morning's sermon to kind of like bridge the gap and make the connection. There is a reason why we read Exodus and now we read Matthew, and I hope you will see some of those connections today. For now, let's begin with reading through a good chunk of Matthew 26. I uh, hope that you'll follow along with me and join uh, in this wonderful reading here. Matthew 26. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, and I already have to pause. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, this is it. Jesus is saying, or they're saying, Matthew's like, okay, the teaching stuff is over. Jesus has entered into Jerusalem, and he's had his very last and final teaching. He's told him the greatest commandments. He told him everything about the temple. He told him, I'm going to be crucified, and I'm going to be raised, uh, raised to new life in three days. And he's, he's done. He's like, okay, I've, I've told you all the things that I'm going to tell you. I've taught you how to pray. I've taught you how to love your enemies. I've shown you the example of what it means to seek first the kingdom of God. And all of that right now is over, and now we're going to see Jesus live it out. Live out everything. After Jesus had finished saying all of these things, he said to his disciples, as you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. Verse 6, while Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you. You will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached, throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, he went to the chief priest and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and they asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My my appointed time is near. 
I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did, uh, did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad, and they began to say to him, one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been, been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is the bl my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus told them, This very night you will fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all of the disciples said the same. And Jesus, he went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to him, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and he went away once more, and he prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples, and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. We've skipped quite a bit in the story of Matthew. 
much is happening in our text today that's built off of what went before it. But after Jesus finishes all of his teaching, in the midst of all of this, the planning and the preparing of the Passover has commenced. An unnamed woman remembers Jesus and she pours out a jar of perfume to anoint Jesus, preparing him for his death. Some of the disciples, they complain. They say, this is a complete waste of good resources. We could have blessed someone with this. Instead, they just poured it all over you. Jesus rebukes them and he teaches them that he's not always going to be present with them, that he's leaving for a moment. The poor, they will always find in their community, always there to be able to bless. And he honors her faith. We have for us here a powerful connection to what we've gone through over the last month. This moment, the Passover, it will be, uh, it will be different than the thousand Passovers that have gone before it. For a thousand and more years, the Israelites, they used the Passover as a way of remembering God's faithfulness. They would have bread that was unleavened. And the unleavened bread was a way of honoring God and remembering the swiftness in which they had to act to respond to God's deliverance. They didn't have time for the bread to rise. This is where Walmart came up with take-and-bake pizzas. Only this bread was bake-and-take, right? No time for it to rise. The time to leave Egypt was now. The symbolism for the Israelites is a constant reminder of God's faithfulness and power to deliver them from Egypt. Today, in this moment with his disciples, Jesus is teaching them something of the immediacy of the hour before them. This last supper with them, this last meal with his brothers, was designed to remember the work of God in Egypt, is now going to be forever altered to remember the work of God through the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Jesus institutes within this meal a promise, a new covenant, he teaches them that this is my body that's broken for you, my blood that is shed for you. In the context of this meal, Jesus is inviting us to see him for who he truly is, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God with shed blood and the firstborn Son who lays down his life for us all. He is broken for us. And the doorposts are not covered in blood. It is his blood that has washed us and cleansed us from our sins. We read Exodus so that we can appreciate all that Matthew is teaching us about Jesus here and now. I asked you to consider the Israelites in their journey through the wilderness and all that led up to it. That God's faithful presence is with them, reassuring them that he is with them and he is powerful to save. May we have the same reassurance with Christ sitting in the Passover Last Supper with his disciples. May we have every reassurance that God is set to redeem and save all of his creation. I invited you to see for Israel the resilience needed. The disciples, they tell Jesus, we won't deny you. We won't run away from you. We won't give up on you. We are with you to the very end. The Israelites, the disciples, they're both going to need resilience. It's going to hurt them more than they expected. It's going to take longer than they ever wanted it to take. In this moment, Peter, knowing who Jesus is, he doesn't see how it's possible that he would ever deny Christ, but Jesus assures him of this. 
before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. It's going to hurt more than we want it to hurt. It's going to take longer than we want it to take. And patience will be needed for the disciples. Patience will be needed for Peter, who will soon be forced to learn long-suffering. I've asked you to see that Israel, in Exodus, was invited to a relationship with God a relationship of trust and worship in the Lord God, that his ways are better than our ways. I want you to see the intimacy of this meal, the special moment for the disciples to draw near to God who says to them, this is my body broken for you. For you. What God is doing to rescue and redeem is for us. To draw near to each of us we can have a relationship with God because of the powerful work of Christ on the cross. The story of Israel and Exodus, this incredible Passover meal, is an invitation to remember. It's an invitation to remember and to be reassured of God's faithfulness and His power to deliver. It's an invitation to relationship with God one of worship and celebration and honor, as well as a constant reminder to trust in God, to remain in Him, to be resilient in our own faith. It's also an invitation to rest. God teaches the Israelites that they can rest in Him. And for this, I invite you to climb the mountain with Jesus. To ascend the mountain with Jesus to the Mount of Olives into the Garden of Gethsemane. It is here where Jesus invites his friends to sit with him and pray. Over and over again, Jesus invites them to awaken and pray, for the hour of need has come. Jesus and his disciples, they ascend the mountain, and he taught them how to pray on a mountain not too long ago. And now, now he's inviting them to apply it to their lives, to actually do what he's asked, to come to this quiet, hidden place and open their hearts to God. And he invites them to pray, not my will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He takes time to express his desires. Lord, would you let this cup pass from me? Having just moments ago shared in a cup that remembered how God delivered the Israelites from death, he is asking that this cup that is about to be poured out would pass from him. It is through prayer that Jesus is empowered to endure the cross. It is through prayer that Jesus is empowered to endure this cross. Repeatedly, Jesus invites his friends to come to him and pray, and they fall asleep. They fall asleep. But it is this ultimate act of trust, this expression of it in Christ, not my will, but yours be done. What is it that Moses taught the Israelites? Gather and eat for six days and I'll provide the portion that you need on the sixth day, and you can rest in me, and you can trust in me. The Lord returns from prayer, and he says to his disciples, he says to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Unbeknownst to them, perhaps, if they truly listened and understood. 
They would have behaved differently. But for them, they have come to trust and rest in Christ. They've seen Jesus off sleeping in the boat when there was a big storm. The boat was ready to capsize, and Jesus was, you know, on his my pillow, getting the best sleep of his life. What, did, what reason did they have to stay up all night praying? We come to the book of Matthew on the mountain of prayer. And Jesus is still asking his disciples to pray. He is teaching us to draw near to God in the hour of our need. But he is also asking that you, dear Christian, would pray for one another. He is inviting you to relationship. He is inviting you to rest in Him and to seek His will. He's inviting you to come alongside of your brothers and sisters and to pray for them. He's inviting you to awaken to the needs of the world around you, of the people who so desperately need care. The invitation is to prayer. To pray for Christians around the world, to pray for Christians in China in South Korea, North Korea, and Iran, and around the world where they are persecuted for loving God and trusting in Jesus Christ. He's inviting you to pray for those who are broken, to pray for those who are hurting and suffering. He's praying for those who are waiting for diagnosis. They are, he's inviting you to pray for those who have the diagnosis and are filled with fear and brokenness. He is inviting us to ascend the mountain, to the garden of prayer. He's inviting us to join alongside of him, our suffering servant and brother, who lays down his life for us. And he invites us to trust in the will of our Father. He's inviting us to ascend the mountain, to join him, trusting in our Father God, to pray that the Lord's will would be accomplished here on earth as it is in heaven. It's an invitation to a relationship. It's an invitation to rest. It's an invitation to remember. The Passover meal was a way to remember the work of God in Egypt to deliver the Israelites from slavery. This Passover is reimagined in Jesus to remember him, to honor him, to reassure ourselves of this, Christ Jesus died to save sinners like you and me. We do this in remembrance of him. And so I invite you to a relationship with God. I invite you to prayer and worship. I invite you to remember Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. I invite you to ascend the mountain of prayer and to seek the heart of God in your lives. I invite you to trust in the one who lays down his life for you. Ascend the mountain of prayer and draw near to our Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you. You are our Redeemer and Rescuer. You are the one who has sent your son, Jesus Christ, as the Lamb of God, 
to rescue us from sin and death. Father, your son faced the incredible pressure, the incredible pressure of the mountain of our sin. And he bore it on his shoulders. And so, God, we give you praise and thanksgiving today that we can seek you and have a heart for you, that we may pray for your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That we would lay down our will, that we would lay down forcing our way, that we would lay down control, and God, we would give all of ourselves to you. Thank you for Jesus. For this week, God, as we bring about a focus on you and all that we do, For this week ahead, God, as we think of Jesus washing his disciples' feet, as we think about the Lord himself, the creator of it all, washing his enemies' feet, may we think of our own humility and our walk with you this week. Lord, who are you calling us to serve? And may it be your will done, not our own. Who are you calling us to love? Lord, the people before us, God, pressed on our heart right now in this moment that we can minister to and love and offer a relationship with you. Stir in our hearts, God. We've walked up the mountain with your son. Draw near to you. To listen to you. To invite your will to be done in our lives in our community, in our school, in our home, in our family, in our work, in our lives, in every aspect, in every way, may your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. May your kingdom break forth. May lives be changed. May hearts be renewed and softened to you. May the brokenness of this world May the hurt be healed. And may Jesus reign. We love you, God. And we trust you. And we pray that your will be done today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We stand in response for them. Thank you for listening to the Jordan Eckes Sermon Podcast. We hope it brought you great encouragement. Until next time, God be with you.